and welcome to Blaze Pod. My name is Ben. It's Thursday, the 18th of June. I am joined, as always, by Andrew. How are you doing today, mate? Uh, brilliant. What's it to be upset about? <laughs> Indeed. Well, a fairly, you know, a fairly drab game last night, but uh, you know, a one-nil win for the Blades. A, a, you know, three more points away from home. Um, actually, it says here that it was nil-nil. Hmm? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah, apparently it was. Yeah, I mean, it was one-nil, but it was. Yeah, obviously with the a watch broke or something, so we obviously <laughs> lost two points because of that. So yeah, I mean. As I say, a pretty drab game, a low-powered game, uh, quite literally, it turns out. Um, I, I don't think there's any any point beating about the bush. We've got to get straight to the heart of the matter, I guess. And, and this, I mean, I suppose it would be an own goal, wouldn't it, if it had, uh, if it had stood up? But uh, Norwood has a free kick on the left-hand side. He swings in. I mean, to be honest, he... It's not a good free kick. It was supposed to be a cross. No, I'm and what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, ends up uh, swirling straight into uh, Nyland, the Villa goalkeeper, into his um, into his arms. Uh, he takes a step back, assisted by one of his own defenders, into the goal. Uh, and United players celebrate. Aston Villa players look very guilty, as does the goalkeeper himself. Michael Oliver indicates to his watch, waiting for some sort of signal, which does not arrive. And play continues, and no goal is given. Um, Probably 30 seconds later, Sky show uh, an angle, uh, not an official Hawkeye angle, just their, their standard sort of uh, on-the-line camera, if you like, from high above. It's pretty clearly over the line, and yeah, what was uh, what was your reaction? I thought, because we were all saying, like, it's a goal, it's obviously a goal, and I thought, we must be, I, I must have, the, the camera must be just like, you know, a bit of an optical illusion going on. That's mm. That was my first thought, to be honest. I thought... Nah, that can't have been in it. It looks like it's in, but um, although it does look like it's definitely in, you know yeah. I mean? but I just kept thinking at uh, half time they'll show something where, you know, a very slight bit of the ball didn't actually go in or something like that. Because I thought, well, they're off, they can't have got that wrong, surely. Well, this is, yeah, the, oh, there's so much to unpick from this. I mean, I know. The, the trust in technology is. I mean, just blown out of the water now. I mean, because mm. yeah, as you say, you know, there's been there's been many uh, goal line decisions that I've seen where it's like, really, like, is that really not cross the line? And then they show you an angle, and it's like, you know, half an inch of the ball is overhanging the line at the point at the furthest point over, and and you just go like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, I, I accept that that is completely accurate, that that yeah. position is correct, and. At that point, a very tiny bit of the ball was overhanging the line, and obviously the whole of the ball needs to cross the line. And it, you know, you, and you do get optical illusions. That, I mean, I remember mm. um, you know Sharp had that header at uh, Man City, didn't it? That looked like you know from one angle, it looked like it was miles over the yeah, line. And yeah, obviously, yeah, that's a good shout, yeah. Obviously, it wasn't at all. But then, yeah, then the, the replay comes up, and it's like, no, that is, I mean, conservatively three or four inches over the goal line. You, you can't dispute that. Um, and yeah, I was, uh, you know, I'm so, so grateful for football to come back. And then I've sat there 41 minutes later, like just absolutely seething, but also kind of just bemused and sort of even, even with a three month break from football, just feeling kind of defeated by it all of like, why does this keep happening to us? It's so, so bizarre. And then, you know, you get the, the Hawkeye official statement comes out. Yeah. I'm just going to read this out for anyone that's not seen this. Uh, Hawkeye said, um, the seven cameras located in the stands around the goal area were significantly occluded 
by the goalkeeper, defender and goalpost. This level of occlusion has never been seen before in over 9,000 matches that the Hawkeye goal line technology system has been in operation. So what they do another first well, for the Blades. Our best friend Dermot Gallagher after the match. For a start, he said it is what it is. As if like that's just... You know, that, that, one, that, one more, that angered me more than the actual goal not being given, to be honest. Cheers, Dermot. Yeah, and then he defended Voice. He said, like, can VAR step in? And they said, yeah, it can. Uh, he said something like, yeah, it can, but, you know, he's used to, you know, the watch going off. It's like, what, what are you... T- just stop defending. Just say, yeah, we're a complete shambles. Yeah, I mean, you know... The, the, I mean, both the, the statement that you've just read out is a lie. Let's not... I mean, you know, let's not beat around the bush. That is just absolute nonsense. Uh, and, you know, that everyone's trying to stick up from now. The referees, all, as they do, all gathering together and saying, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's one of those things. Absolute shambles. I think it's embarrassing for the Premier League when it's the first game back and that happens. It is embarrassing. I think, every you know, kind of as you hinted there, like so many elements had to go wrong for this not to be given. Yeah. You know, the technology had to fail. Um, and that apparently is based on a uh, an incident never seen before in 9,000 matches. The officials themselves had to not see the fact that the goalkeeper was laid in the net with the ball, which is in itself, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I give that a pass of like referees make mistakes. Yeah. You also have to wonder, um, you know, are we over relying on technology to the point where you just don't, you know, you just you just allow them to make that decision. Yeah. And don't get a bit lazy. Answer. Potentially, yeah. Um, and then there's VAR. I mean, as you said, you know... Well, I think it's five things, five people or five diff- whatever technology or whatever could have given the goal, I think I'm right. The ref, the assistant, the fourth official, Hawkeye and VAR. And yeah. the fact that all of them missed it and didn't think, hang on, that's definitely in, let's have a look. Well, I mean, like they said, I, I can't remember what commentator it was, uh, pundit it was. It might have been Alan McCoy's this morning, I was on TalkSport, and they were saying... Uh, they've got a, a screen at the side which they're told not to. They're being told to use all of a sudden. Why? Why don't they just say angle? Just gonna have a double check of that, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so frustrating. I mean, the other thing was because the ball didn't go out of play for like another minute and thirty-eight. They, mm. you know, the, the, you didn't have that thing where it moves into another phase. You know, the, there was yeah. plenty of time for VR to go back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Can you imagine if Villa scored on break, by the way. Oh my lord! Don't do that. Um, <laughs> Uh, PGMOL put out a statement saying uh, under IFAB protocol the VAR is able to check goal situations however due to the fact that the on-field match officials did not receive a signal and the unique nature of that the VAR did not intervene which I don't know are you aware of Dale Johnson the uh, ESPN pundit who, who I've re- heard the name but I'm not yeah, sure yeah I mean and I will also caveat this by saying he's a Wednesday fan so I think he's, he's, he's driven United fans quite quite mad this season because that's he's, why I know him yeah he's um <laughs> I guess he's, you know, he's kind of chief VAR correspondent almost of this season. Yeah, practically, he's a big supporter of it, isn't he? I don't know if that's totally fair. I think he, I think he is a, a crusader for fairness when it comes to right. VAR. It's probably, probably. Was he one of the ones who thought the Lundstrom goal should have been disallowed? Correct. Yes. Sorry, the McGoldrick goal, should I say? Uh, McGoldrick goal. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah because he. And he, he laid out why that decision was made. Yeah, that's, and, that's, I know what you mean, yeah. And, you know, that does... I, am, I completely understand that gets people's back up and it does, you know, there's a lot of, like, yeah, but, yeah, but kind of thing about it. Yeah. So this guy who has been very, very, you know... Defensive implies that he's got some kind of, uh, you know, dog in the race, but I just think he has defended VAR a lot this season. Yeah. He, he said that that statement from PGMOL is nonsense. Yeah. And that VAR had plenty of... This is Dale Johnson's words... 
Paul Tierney, the VR official, plenty of time to realise a possible error. He doesn't even have to make the decision in the one minute and eight seconds that elapsed. He just has to recognise there is a review incident, and he didn't. They trusted the goal mm. decision technology implicitly. VAR didn't even consider there might have been a problem with GDS. That in itself is understandable, but there was time and the reason to doubt it, act and score a big win for VAR. I mean, that's that's what it kind of comes down to, isn't it? It's like, yeah. It was obvious there was a mistake. We all knew within 30 seconds there was a very clear mistake that had been made and nobody, even though they had the power to do so, thought to say, hang on, there is a mistake. We have the power to correct this. Let us correct it. And I, it's, it's just, I think it's a simple thing to say, but I think it comes down to lack of bottle, to be honest. I think well, people yeah. have, have quite clearly thought, oh, I don't want to go against the technology because, oh, I understand Michael Oliver not giving it. If, he's, if, he's, uh, if his watch has not gone off immediately, you're thinking, well, it looked like it went in, but clearly not. But then you've got people sat in a, in a, in a booth or whatever who've seen it on video. And they were obviously Villa went round the other end, and then they were a bit of a break, weren't they? Because did they go out for a corner? Uh, they won a free kick. Free kick. Just have a just just hang on. Can we just double check this? I it, thought I, I they were can't... going to at that point because uh, Oliver was sort of you know that play had stopped, so a couple of our players sort of went up to Oliver, and he, he was kind of like almost shrugging, like I don't really know what to say, and. I just, I just, I was like screaming at the TV, like just, just go and talk to the fourth official. Like, yeah. just, everyone knows something's gone wrong here. Go and sort it out. Do you think? I've seen some people say we should have surrounded the ref. Do you agree with that at well, all? Actually, you actually are not allowed to do that until the new guideline. Oh, really? <laughs> but, Imagine yeah, that yeah. if it gets sent off as well. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't said what the official reprimand is, but that, that, and spitting are things you are uh, not allowed to do anymore. Um, I think for but, me, what I mean. I don't know what more we could have done. I mean, we all ran away celebrating slash to the referee going, that's the goal, isn't it? So I think people were laughing, weren't they? I mean, Jack Grealish said after, I don't know if you've seen his interview. No, I haven't. But Jack Grealish, Billy Sharp, he said, Billy Sharp came up to him and said, Jack, that we're in, and Jack Grealish is going, it's not be stupid, it had gone off, which you understand, understandably from Grealish, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. He's like saying, now that, that, and he goes, then obviously you go, uh, you go in at full time, I think he said, he might have said half time, but, and he said, wow, wow, he goes, like, I'm delighted that uh, it wasn't given, but it's, it's completely wrong. He just couldn't believe he says when the players were saying that went in obviously the Villa players are thinking well no because you know someone would have caught it you, you yeah. can't get away with that sort of stuff in this day and age I just think like with the lens they're going to to disallow goals with R and then they miss something as basic as this and the Premier League are, are, are talking so much about oh we need to make everything as fair as we can and you know the, this technology and then to miss something as basic as that it just makes a complete mockery of any sort of fairness that they're trying to do with this video technology I'm very interested in what the Premier League themselves have to say about this, if indeed they say anything at all, because, as you say, it does undermine their product. And yeah, yeah, you know, I, well, maybe they like the control of a crap match. Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> they, uh, they like, oh, oh, good, you know, that, that mm. you know, sparked it up a bit. But the Spokans fought, you know, on and on and on about having a fair end to the season. That in the first game they can't get something right like that. It, well, it just it... makes them look ridiculous. I mean, yeah, it does undermine the fairness of the competition of, of technology being used. And, yeah, I mean, you know, shout out to the people that tweeted us saying, uh, well, at least you'll have something to talk about tomorrow because, as you say, the uh, the match was indeed pretty drab. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, we've been on the end of some uh, some rum decisions this season. Um, mm. You know, you, you touched on the Lundstrom McGoldrick one, had the, the Shelby thing against Newcastle. We've had the other games yeah. where, like, we've had two goals disallowed and all this. And, you know, it's. Uh, I think with all of those, you sort of you, you can kind of go okay, but you know, as in like that doesn't feel right. Yeah. But, but yeah. I kind of I understand the explanation. I don't. I don't think it's right in terms of like morally right that that's the lengths we're going to to eradicate yeah. goals. But 
okay that operates in laws. Whereas this, you just can't argue with it. I mean, I've actually surprised myself here by ranting for ten minutes or whatever because I was, I think I just, I just kind of bemused by the whole thing really after after you know after it happened like after the game. It's just like there's no argument to have. It's, it's I, I was really deflated. I think. At, at half time and stuff. I genuinely did think as well at one point, I think we're going to let a score at half time. Mm. You know, I, I really, I, I, I'll get into that debate later, but I, I thought, well, that, it's just ridiculous. It's a got, I mean, it's not like the other ones. Like you said, the other ones, you can say, that's insane. How has he seen that? But this is literally, the ball has gone in the net. I mean, so what happens if it's a penalty then? So we get a penalty, it goes in, but Michael has not got the best view, and it hits the net and comes back out. What does he say? Does he say, well, my watch has not gone off, it can't have been a goal? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, it is bizarre. I mean, it's funny with uh, letting us score. It was, uh, I was listening to a, a Totally Football show this morning. Daniel Story made that point about the uh, Villa-Leeds game last year, obviously. Yeah. Different circumstances, but Leeds score a goal while um, where, where uh, Villa were under the impression they were kicking the ball out. Uh, and, and obviously Dean Smith kicked off and, and ranted and wanted uh, Leeds to let Villa equalise immediately and uh, Bielsa, to his credit, allowed them to do it. No intention of uh, doing that last night, clearly, of uh, letting us score. The, the only thing I'll say in Villa's favour here is we've, we've had these circumstances before, before goal-line technology, the most famous one's Lampard's, obviously, yeah. against Germany. And at half-time, every German must have known that actually went in, particularly Neuer, and they didn't let in, you know England score. And then we saw, remember Roy Carroll? Oh yeah, with the, it was that Pedro yeah, Mendes. And, that, and, and again, everyone at half time knew that had gone in, and Man United didn't let Tottenham score. So there is a precedent set that that's not Villa's fault. That's you know the the well in this case technology's fault or the officials' fault or whatever. Yeah. So I'll stick up for him in that sense. But yeah, it's, it is ironic after the the crying that they did against Leeds, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Um, funnily enough, I was actually sat on the exact same sofa as I was for uh, Frank Lampard's goal uh, against Germany. Sell Charlie, it. Which did dis- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was uh, I was round at my dad's for uh, for Tell both to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should. But, I mean, just... I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's like sort of. It made me question. I'm like thinking now. Maybe David Icke's got a point about this coronavirus. <laughs> just oh, like all the conspiracy abort, theories come abort. out and stuff because it was just that ridiculous. Uh, I do want to say that we are bottom of the uh, VAR overturns table, uh, the net score that the ESPN do, uh, with Manchester United at the top. So Manchester United have benefited from uh, they have a plus eight net score of VAR overturns. I don't so. think this is a conspiracy. I said this to you obviously privately. I don't think this is a conspiracy. I think Man United get borderline decisions, which Man United have got for the past 30, 40 years or whatever it's been. Yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, Guinea, you know, once again, Blade's a guinea pig. I mean, you know, that, that uh, and Daniel Story made this point as well on the same podcast, actually, about the, uh, you know, there's never before in 9,000 matches. But when you think about it, how many of those 9,000 matches actually have had a, an instance where uh, the goal line technology was required? I mean, it's probably, I'd say, conservatively, one in 20. Like, how often yeah, do you see yeah. this? So suddenly you're looking at like less than 500 and suddenly it mm-hmm. becomes, you know, one in, I don't know, one in 450 where it hasn't worked. And that's suddenly not that reliable, you know, in a, in a, in a sport where one goal makes a massive difference. I mean, yeah, it, you know, genuinely two points, one point could be the difference between Villa going down and having to have an absolute Well, this is the sale. thing that we're always going to be difficult for us to get in Europe anyway. And now we're doing it basically from a two point deduction almost I mean that might sound like a bit dramatic saying that but that's what it feels like to me at the moment yeah I mean it, the thing we're you can't do is you know with two points 
Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, um, I, I guess the thing you can't know is you know how the game would have gone in the second half of one nil up, but at the same time, it wouldn't have ended nil nil. <laughs> you know, no, you could that, say that, that much. Fact, yeah. I mean, it would have gone either two ways. Villa would have had to put pressure on us and got an equaliser, or we'd have got a bit more confidence from it and played a little bit better. I don't, I, obviously, no one can tell, so you can't. This is where I've seen people say, oh, just give us three points, but you can't do that because that, no. you know, it's a terrible precedent to set anyway, just bad as that decision were. It is, but at the same time, it was so clearly wrong. There is, there's mm. no element of subjectivity there. You know, the, the Lundstrom McGoldrick one, uh, you know, I, I, the thing that annoyed me most about that in retrospect is that they decided that it was the same phase of play after Spurs had cleared the ball. Yeah. And that is and subjective. How long it's yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is and that is a subjective decision by the officials. It's not it's not, you know, black and white, is it over the line, is it not over the line? Whereas with this, I mean it's it's just fundamentally wrong. I mean, there's no you can't argue that this wasn't a goal. No matter how partisan you are, it's just inarguable. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm really, really interested to see what the Premier League will say about it. I'm sure nothing at all will be done about it, apart from yeah, yeah. apart from we accept this was terrible, we apologise, uh, on with the show kind of thing. I mean, I, I put this to you uh, earlier. Uh, if we were offered a replay, which I guess feels like probably the fairest thing to do to replay mm. the game. I think if it were a cup game, definitely, we'd have lost on pens, yeah. 100% agree with that, yeah. Um would we accept a replay, or would we actually go? Mm, we're, we're, we've, we're supposed to, you know, we might end up playing thirteen games or whatever it is in six weeks. Maybe mm. we'll just take a point here. What, what do you think? I think, I think at the end of the season, if, like I said, with our European stuff, I, I, we'll have to see what happens with that. We play like we did yesterday. I don't think we have to worry too much about that, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, if we, uh, I think. I think for personally, I think it's more about the teams at the bottom. Villa getting that extra mm. point is absolutely huge. I think, I mean, it could be huge for us. I, I'm, I, we'll, we'll have to see about that. But, you know, we'll, let's say we get in the Europa League, we'll make money from it, and it's a massive achievement. But people are going to lose £200 million because a watch didn't work. Yeah, I mean, the, the sliding doors, like- yeah, the sliding doors factor for, for Villa, if they, you know, if they stay up by a point, say, is... I mean, it's astronomical. Look at look at the overhaul they had to do in the summer. You know, spending exactly. spending 140 million or whatever it was to essentially replace the squad that they borrowed mm. the year before, and a day go down. I mean, all right, they have some saleable assets in Grealish and McGinn and uh, and Mings for whatever you think of his uh, ability as a defender, but you know, they they could disappear. They could very quickly fall through the leagues if, if yeah, they completely. went down. Yeah. Just because they're, they're in such a precarious position. And if any team can, you know, you look, if you're yep. a Brighton fan now, you're sat there thinking, well, all right, they've only got a point now. It's not a great result for Villa, really. But, but that's a, that's an extra point. And this is what I'm thinking with the two points thing. I mean, as you said, no one knew, knew how it was going to go, obviously. But the, the fact is Villa have got a point there that in terms of, like, goal scored, they shouldn't have got. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, it is. It's going to be interesting. What if other teams speak up about it at the rele- at the bottom of the league? I mean, someone's going to get relegated. If Villa stay up, someone's going to get relegated, and they're absolutely going to point to that and go, "That that is." Well, insane. I think Hawkeye themselves may get uh, legal cases against them. I don't know. I've, I mean, yeah. I've seen a couple of people talk about that. I don't see. I don't see a reason why that wouldn't happen. To be honest. No, I mean their own. Uh, you know their own. All right, it's sales literature on their website. They obviously want to big themselves up, but it just says like there has never been an incident that that um, that Hawkeye has not worked. So, but it also it's like I'd love to, I'd love an explanation about 
why these specific circumstances meant that it didn't work. This is what makes me think it's uh, it's BS, to be honest. I mean, yeah, it is. It is. Say, I, I don't, it's I, not I, that unusual for a, a goalkeeper to catch the ball and step backwards. Like that happens quite a lot. Like the fact yeah. that the defender bumped it. It wasn't like he was surrounded on all sides in like a scrum of defenders. I mean. He was clear. There was, you know, there was a defender in front of him who pushed him into the net. But well, I suppose the, the statement, as daft as it sounds, doesn't sound quite as daft as we forgot to turn it on. <laughs> I wish they'd said that. I really, I think, I mean, that then. Becomes, I mean, how that... annoying with that at half time? Because well, don't worry, because I think it would Kelly Kate. Don't now. worry, it's working for the second half. All right, nice one, brilliant. Yeah. Cheers, Kelly. <laughs> Feel so much better. I mean, yeah, they did say in a sky. I think they possibly misinterpreted this. They were saying like. Michael Oliver's. What did you hear? This Michael Oliver's watch has gone off at half yeah, time, saying yeah. it's a goal. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. I think that was it being. In fact, I think I saw Dale Johnson tweet that as well. Actually, that was um, that was the that was it being tested at half time. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, this is it. Yeah, the GLT system was being tested at half time for obvious reasons. So that's why Oliver got a, sig- a goal signal to the watch during the interval. So the thing is, you know what's going to happen later on this season with us because this is just the way it's going. This, I mean, I say the way it's going. I, I don't want to be typical United because this. Imagine if this had happened if we'd have been fourth bottom, for instance. Oh man! I, I, I mean, I mean, as as important as as brilliant as it'd be to get in Europe and stuff like that, this could have been a lot for me anyway. A lot bigger, bigger, bigger game in terms of our future as a whole. Yeah, indeed. And, uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and I just think you know, if 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 that had happened in those circumstances, you are thinking, and I'm thinking now, but there's obviously going to be a borderline goal line thing that goes against us this season where the watch is working, and then we've lost, you know. If this had happened on another day, it wouldn't have affected it. It's just insane. It's absolutely mental. It's just so united, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like I can talk about it like philosophically and sort of as a, a bigger picture, wider meaning for the Premier League thing because of the position we're in in the league. Whereas... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. then people will be shouting, saying, yeah, but what about Champions League and what about Europe? Well, we'll see. If at the end of the season we miss out on those places by two points, I'll I'll be absolutely furious, but... At this moment, it still feels like a bit of a dream to me, and I know yeah. we're pushing for it, and I know I, I, I just think it could be worse. I think it could be that that was a relegation six pointer, yeah. and we've been—I won't say cheated, but we've just been—it's just awful officiating. Yeah, getting relegated yeah. is a far worse set of circumstances than missing the Champions League. I know you can, yeah, yeah, I know you can say, well, the you know the the relative financial uh, input, if you like, income is is probably comparable, but the situation of being relegated is well yeah I mean if we go I mean we've definitely got another season ahead of us in the Premier League if you'd have gone against Villa for instance mm. can you imagine how they'd have fell uh, and, yeah. and rightly so and I don't know I mean I, I, on the view from the Villa fans saying oh we've had our decisions go against us this season so like, you don't know they are for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah do not talk to me about that yeah um yeah, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, just one final note on this. This is more uh, football-related than uh, than officiating, I suppose. This is the second time that uh, Norwood has affected the goalkeeper dropping into his own net. Obviously, did I it, thought um, this myself, actually. Yeah, I thought this. Is that a freak, or is do we think there might be something slightly unique about the way he kicks a football that makes I don't know if he's putting like more spin on it or something? With it, didn't really happen, it didn't happen last season. I mean, he got a, a, a goal. He might have not. Uh, I don't know if he deserve, if he meant that one against Villa last season, for instance. You know, at home. Mm. But yeah, it didn't happen last season. But it is strange. It really because it wasn't a good free kick. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it wasn't a good corner that uh, went no. in against Palace. As well. the delivery is obviously similar. It's kind of like a 
it's almost floated in a way. It's, it's an overhit, like too much mm. elevation on it both times. And but with with in swing and uh, yeah, keepers have dropped it into the net. So it needs, needs to shoot more often, clearly. But I don't yeah. know. It might just be pure coincidence that yeah. one. Um, anything else you want to say about that? It might, it might come up again, I suppose. Um, uh, no, I, I mean, I'll be. I think I'll get angrier about it as the season goes on if we are still challenging, you know, for a, a Europe Champions League or whatever with three or four games to go and we're genuinely in with a shout or we're two points off, then I think I'll be like, well, this is, you know, I think I'll be quite... I'm quite philosophical about it at the moment because of what yeah. which we'll get on to now, classic segue, um, <laughs> is because we didn't play very well at all, so... Yeah, not at all, I thought. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll, we will indeed segue to talk about the match now. Um... One of, uh, statistically, our worst attacking performance of the season. Uh, a mere 0.24 expected goals created by us, which I looked back through our whole season. That is lower than anything we've produced this season. Now, if you think back to Everton away, when we had literally one shot in the entire game. Wow. Uh, Watford away, where we barely did anything either. We yeah. created a higher number of quality chances or a higher quality of chances in those games than in this one. Um I mean, there's so many. Uh, I think there's so many reasons why we were bad. I mean, we should probably start with the main one, which is uh, missing two of our key players in uh, yeah. in Fleck and O'Connell. I mean, yeah, this this is an interesting evolution of, uh, I guess, how this evolution is not right word. Uh, how this was revealed, I suppose, and yeah, uh, there's the sort of subplots within the subplots here, I guess. But yeah, I mean, that that's devastating losing those two, and I think. I think stupidly, I kind of underestimated how impactful that would be. What What about you when you knew those two were out? Yeah, I mean, I was really. I mean, obviously, the news leaked the night before, uh, which obviously Wilder's furious about. Um, and stop doing that if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, I, I was gutted because it's the, it's the entire left hand side basically, other than Stevens, isn't it? And then you you not only lose, in an attacking sense. I think even, you know, if you had two of the strikers out, I don't think you can get, other than maybe Steve, well, even with Stevens, Osborne can come in and stuff. I think yeah. for in an attacking sense, I thought that that as hard, would harm us just as much as, for instance, if, if uh, Basham and Baldock were out or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, uh, I was thinking about this, I reckon that's, uh, we were missing two of our three most important players, is what I would say. Yeah, I would yeah, say, in, in terms of players we can't do without, I would go Norwood, Fleck, O'Connell, and then probably Basham in that order, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, I think it's all that left-hand side, and I think it, yes. it showed, obviously, Berger came in and Lundstrom played on the left, and it didn't really work at all, did it, to be honest? Not remotely, and I, I, do you know, that was... Obviously, we all saw the uh, leaked team news, um, and, and uh, you know, I was kind of scratching my head about, uh, is this going to be a formation change? Because we, Wilder, never under extreme circumstances does not play a right-footed player on the mm. left side of midfield and it's you know that sounds like uh you know just sort of like almost uh inflexible to the point of stubbornness you know how how big a deal can it be playing a yeah. you know a left foot a right footer on the left but we don't do it and that's why because it looks like that like nothing it just all falls down and and mm. you know obviously missing O'Connell is a big deal missing Missing Fleck anyway because he's a fantastic player is a big deal. Yeah, but it, it's not like you know Lundstrom played badly or anything on that side. It's not like you know he can't. He actually probably is our most two-footed player, which I guess yeah, is why he was out there. I agree, yeah. But they just you could just see nothing. You know the the sort of passing 
networks, if you like, that we have in our regular play, just it just wasn't there. I mean, the, I look, uh, you know, in the brief bit of time I've had, I look this up. Uh, Norwood um, only five pass attempts in the first ten minutes for Norwood. You know, this is a player who's usually hitting like seventy, eighty passes a game, and the the map of where his passes went, it's so condensed down the right hand side. He, in the whole yeah. ninety minutes, he had just one attempt to switch of play down the left and. I then went back and looked at you know how he what his pass map looks like against Norwich against Brighton the most re- recent games it's like spider web you know it's, it's all over the yeah, pitch where yeah. he passes the ball you you almost wouldn't know where he was playing uh, just from it because he is you know he is pretty much hitting every single spot on the pitch but this game there was nothing on the left there was nothing in the middle it was all yeah just basically sliding it down the right hand side to. Um, to Berger, to Basham, to Baldock, and yeah, that's that. That to me is the clearest sign uh, that it just it just doesn't work without those two, or with with a um, an, an unfamiliar player in that left hand position. And yeah, I completely agree. I think we looked a lot better once Freeman came on, and I'm a yeah. to be fair, but <clears throat> I think Freeman and just we just looked a better side in terms of an attacking sense. Freeman didn't do anything spectacular. But there were like two or three forward balls. Stevens got on an overlap a couple of times, which we didn't see at all. Jack Robinson, obviously, he, we'll talk about him obviously in greater depth. But he's, we don't, we didn't really expect him, did we, to do it at O'Connell? I don't think. No, no, no. And no. sort of you know burst that. It's such a weird sort of tactic. It took O'Connell what four months or whatever to to get his head around it in League One. So yeah, I'm certainly not blaming Robinson for that. But to lose that and then not have an, I think we could have got away with playing someone like Freeman, a more attacking player. Mm. I thought, yeah, the other thing with, I mean, yeah, Freeman, he, he comes, he, I, I will be, I, I guess they said Fleck will be, uh, pending a fitness test, he'll be fine for the next mm. game, but I, I will be astonished if we have a right footer on the left side of midfield again yeah. this season, like, or possibly I, ever under Wilder. I think he's be been really unlucky, Freeman, to be honest. I understand mm. Berger playing, he's your £22 million side, whoever it is, you know, and he, obviously you want to get him game time and all this sort of stuff, but it was almost like, we, which is not like Wilder, it's almost like we put him in. Just because he's burger, you know. Whereas I think Freeman probably deserved it on performances as well as just the balance. Yeah, I think if if Fleck uh, is not fit for Sunday, I'm sure Freeman will start yeah, on to, the left. It has to be. He deserves, to be honest, he, do, he deserves a few games. He's never let us down, has he, this season, Freeman? No, I, and I, you know, I'm a big fan of him from uh, his previous clubs as well. So yeah, yeah, and I just yeah, I just think he's a, a good player and he, he fits. You know, it just gives us the balance that we didn't have last night. But the other thing was, you know, when Lundstrom moves back to the right hand side, he's suddenly dropping into link up with with Norwood. You know, but yeah, I've written that down actually. Yeah, that as soon as we went to that, you know, when Freeman came on, Lundstrom were more effective. Yeah, and you know, that's well, I guess that's just kind of it just kind of emphasizes the point that I think you know Wilder doesn't get much wrong, but uh, I think he got this wrong to be honest. I mean, um, I, I, I was going to do a neutral view last night, but it were all just talk about the goal, and I, it were a bit you know I can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I saw a few people like West Ham fans, Brighton fans. Well, no, sorry, not Brighton fans. Uh, I can't remember the other ones, but but they were basically saying, this Sheffield United team they've run out of steam and you know, blah, 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 and the rubbish, and, you know, how are these not in relegation? And it's like, hang on, we, this is the first game in three months without us two best players. I mean, I know it fits the ignorant narrative of the side just getting through an hard work or whatever, but let's not be knee-jerk about this performance as well. As bad as it were, uh, there's a lot of circumstances, as you said earlier, to why 
you can sort of give him a little bit of leeway, I think. And I think the rustiness, there's no pre-season, but we've gone straight into a season. We've got two of the three best players out. Yeah. And I've come away at Villa team. We needed to win that more than we needed to win it with a nil-nil draw. It's not It's not as disastrous as I was seeing some comments last night. We were a rubbish game and a rubbish performance, but I think there is genuine sort of excuses to, to, yeah. to, be, to be warranted. I agree. I mean, it's it's not just losing your two two of your most important players. It's losing them the day before the game when you've yeah you know you've prepared for the last three months to have them starting. In your that's season. a great point. Uh, that's a great point. The day before, where you've not had a chance to say right, but this is what I want you to do here. You know what I mean? Yeah, Lundstrom, I, you're playing on the left hand side. You've I know you've never done that for us, or you've only yeah. done that once in three years or whatever. But that's it makes what you wonder do. though. Do you reckon if Flack had been fit? With the way it lined up, do you think Berger were nailed on to start then, with him being on the right? You know, if Fleck had been fair and Lundstrom on the bench? Uh, my hunch would have been yes, but uh, mm. that's, it's just a pure hunch. I, I don't yeah. I don't have any real steer on that at all. Um, I mean, you, you kind of touched on it there, rustiness. Uh, this is another... I mean, you know, for the first, like, 20 minutes, I was like, we look super slow, like, real... Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't just mean physically running about. I mean, like, the way, at the, the you know, the tempo at which we're playing... Um, you know, the the lack of kind of winning these second balls and stuff. And then I was like, well, you know, trying to cast my mind back thinking, well, it's not that dissimilar to how we've played in a lot of away games this season. You know, we it's been a lot of games where we have almost taken a half off, like, and just been nowhere at it all. I mean, all right, Arsenal are a better team than... Uh, than, than Aston Villa but that, that Arsenal game away I do remember that and uh, what about Norwich away as well they were obviously even worse than Villa we were mm. awful in the first half we, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we didn't get near them so I, I was saw kind of... I think Carlton played actually on S2 yesterday saying um, that is not that different that first half to while we played mm. in a lot of away games this season we sort of keep in it you know we're a bit slow we're not we're not very adventurous in the first half and then you know we give ourselves a chance to win it in the second half I don't think it was that far off that to be honest I think yeah. the difference was the second half just produced just as little as the first yeah exactly um but yeah so that first half was kind of like well you know it's not it's not that unusual but then yeah we 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 did look to be lacking a bit of energy which is I don't know I don't want to say worrying it's probably more frustrating after all they're like you know mm. we're ready to go and we're completely prepared and then you know while they're saying afterwards about you know it's such a weird uh, environment to play in and stuff and, and obviously it is that's not that's yeah. not incorrect but yeah I, I guess I was expecting a bit more to be honest it's probably completely unfair expectations but I really did think we would be like you know our season's on the line with this one game um, mm. and it, it wasn't like that at all it was very yeah. very low and intensity and I'm watching it with each other exactly the same that uh, you know it, it, we are all this talk about and I did say this in last week's pod it could backfire mm. to a certain degree uh, we're ready we can't wait we can't wait and then we started like it was just like a pre-season game so yeah well, no, we, we put it out there, didn't we, as a uh, a thing to watch out for? Is you know, is, is this all going to be bluster for yeah. us, or, or will it actually be uh, noticeable that we are ready to go? And then, if you know, <laughs> all that, all that great talk about like uh, you know, great conditioning and how we're all in peak condition and stuff, and then yeah. two injuries before. Yeah, that. I, know. I mean, it, you know, it should be said they're contact injuries, aren't they? Um, yeah. Fleck got a, I think Fleck's a dead leg from the uh, the warm up game with Hall, and then it sounds like O'Connell ran into uh, ran into Henderson. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I saw someone saying, "Oh, we we, we pride ourselves on our fitness, and we're clearly not very fit." I don't think that's fair at all. I think we we ended the game far better than Villa, to be fair. And yes. I think Villa were were out of it, weren't they? Really, ten minutes ago, they, fifteen minutes ago, they didn't even. I don't think they caused any issues. What? So we didn't cause them any issues, really. But we, I think we certainly looked slightly more dangerous. I think it's unfair to say because we didn't. You know, you saw Arsenal yesterday. They had two players who went off early doors. Mm. Uh, I think that's a 
case of you're not quite ready. I don't think it was anything to do with that. As you said, the injuries were knocks in training. There were obviously people going down with a few cramps and Stevens and the Egan McGoldrick even both all went down at set. But I think that's just that would have been happening if it were the first game of the season, to be honest. That's just what happens, isn't it, when you first get back into football. Yeah, pretty much for sure. Um I mean yeah, I agree actually that uh I, I was surprised that Villa seemed to be just like shutting up shop at the end like you know we'll, we'll take a point but I, yeah, I, I, was think straight, I thought they'd really go, I said like last 10 minutes Villa are going to have to go for this because they've got a really hard run in that's one of the games as well as we're doing You have thought, I think a lot of their fans said this on The View from the you know we, that, that was one of the games that we, we really needed to win but that seems to be Villa's issue all season I, to be honest I don't think Villa are a good side and I can't see him staying up, to be honest. I think it were a bad time to play him for us with our injuries and obviously the fact it's a new experience and all this sort of stuff. But mm. I weren't impressed with them as, as bad as that's probably the worst we've played all season. And I don't think Villa really. I think well, th- everyone's like Henderson was good, but I don't think he was pulling worldy after world. It wasn't sustained pressure or anything. No, not really. I, mean, I, I will give Villa some credit. I, I did think they looked like they had more energy than us, which surprised me. Like at I least, think the at least in the first half. half. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also uh, they they also went a lot more direct than I was expecting. Mm. Um, to the extent where I was like, "Why aren't we trying this a bit more?" And I mean, to to an extent, we didn't really have the you know personnel up front in, uh, yeah. in Bernie's shot to do it. But um, Keenan Davis for them making his first start was a real handful. I mean, they you know the amount not just him the amount of times they basically just chipped like a 30 40 yard ball yeah. forward and I was getting so angry about it I was just it was like, so every easy. time <laughs> yeah but you know it pretty much was you know almost every time or you know we'd we'd clear it and it would go straight to Hurahan or McGinn and this like, is what that, this is what I've written down here the amount of second balls that we lost what especially in the first half in the second half as well but most in the first half I, I was getting so frustrated it's like where where are we where are the midfield here what is what is going on? And then I think once McGoldrick came on, to be fair, we obviously almost had like an extra man in there. And yeah. we pretty pick, picked up every second ball. And the problem with McGoldrick being on the pitch without someone like Fleck, for instance, is that that means you lose a bit of, well, a lot of potency in the box because you've not got like a Billy Sharp or a McBurney in the box, have you? Uh, yeah. Who's sort of waiting around for it. But I think once McGoldrick came on, we started winning second balls and stuff. But I think in the first half, I, I don't know if we won one. Norwood were getting, you know, beat in the air every time. Berger were looking weak. Really struggled to get hold of those second balls. And this like feeds into what you said about they have more energy than us, and that's how it seemed. Yeah, but I guess that fits the narrative. Of like, you know, they've got to come out and win this game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of passengers in that first half. I think. I mean, yeah, Henderson. Some, that Davis was a real, a real pest. But um, yeah. Henderson. Did already make Premier some, League first Premier League start actually. Which it I was indeed. I uh, am ashamed to say I'd never actually heard of him. Uh, yeah, he's played for him a couple of years. I think he's from their U system. Mm, yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, really. I mean. Uh, from from what I now hear, he's he's very highly thought of there, but he's not much of a finisher. I I think he's yeah. you know just. Uh, I was really surprised they didn't play Samara actually. Yeah, um, I think everyone was. Yeah, their own fans were not happy with that team before kickoff. Um, judging by Twitter. Yeah, I think it kind of worked. You know, it, mm. it, I don't know if that was down to our you know lack of energy or just sloppiness. Because I mean. It's just things like you know that one where uh, where Davis headed it over from a corner in the first half where yeah yeah he yeah. can just he can just completely 
it was like he'd, he'd forgotten what he was supposed to be doing, and he suddenly like turned around, like, "Oh no, like that's that's my guy." At the I thought he got really out of sorts actually, particularly first off. I'm hoping that's just a bit of sloppiness. Uh, sorry, a bit of uh, rustiness, which I, I imagine it will be. But you know, there were a couple of times he looked a bit unsteady on the ball, and Davis giving him problems, and he lost headers, which is really unlike Egan. Yeah, I, yeah, I think Davis fouled him a lot, didn't he? So he, was, he did. He did. It was a, it was very much a you know, welcome back to football. I'm just going to run into you at full <laughs> speed, time and time again. And this is the um, thing where I think you have got, you know, you have, you have, you do have to look at the circumstances and the fact it's the first game with no pre-season. And I think that showed for both sides as well. I'll get him mad because you do at the game, you know, passes going out astray or miscontrol, you know, Stevens miscontrolled it. We could have had a break and stuff and. You forget, you know, it is rustiness. It's a completely different scenario to what they've ever played in because they've gone into a new season, technically, well, essentially, uh, with no pre-season, no proper pre-season. Yeah, I've had these warm-up games, but they're like, I mean, what is this, like two 60-minute games when exactly. it was like different 11s and then... Uh, I think the I think the last one against Barnsley. I don't think any of the first team actually played in it. I think it was just fringe players. When it I don't think you can judge any side in these first couple of weeks, which unfortunately or fortunately is going to be what four or five games. I guess so. Yeah, I hope it's. I hope it doesn't take that long because otherwise we're going to watch some crap football. To be honest, yeah, I do think that's what I think that's what's <laughs> happened. For, I mean, you, you'll tell me more that I've not watched the Bundesliga, but just doing a bit of mulling around on the internet, I've seen a lot of people say that that happened in the Bundesliga as well, where the first like two or three games, people were just you know it wasn't it was like a preseason, so and then it eventually got up to speed. Yeah, I, I actually I was slightly surprised with Bundesliga that. Um... I mean, all right. I think I was watching. I think the first game was like I think it was Dortmund Bayern. So it was oh, right. it was yeah. it was the top two, you know. So you expect it to be good. And uh, and you know, I thought Man City Arsenal was uh, noticeably more quality. So it, it might just yeah, have been that. City, it, yeah, yeah. It may be that we're just about to watch a load of crap games in the next couple of weeks, I guess. Mm-hmm. But but we shall see. Um, a couple of yeah. I just wanted to I kind of uh, I guess start making this point with uh, with Davis, I suppose, Keenan Davis. Um, I think Henderson's performance slightly underplayed how good he was. I mean, the commentators like he had that that save from Davis in the second half where oh, he, yeah. Uh, yeah, he yeah. ran in, and and I think that was uh, Villa's only big chance of the game actually. And um, and you know, Davis smashed it a goal, and the commentators were just like, oh, "Yeah, it's a pretty good but save." This is what Henderson. doesn't make sense to me because I thought that was the one outstanding save, but they made a bigger deal about the other two. It seemed. Yeah, this was a fantastic save. Yeah. I, I think. It, and this is the classic thing. It's a bit like um, you get it probably more with Allison of uh, of Liverpool than any other goalkeepers. But Henderson made that save more simple because his positioning was so good. Like, yeah. and he just took that step to his right and just stuck out his arm and parried it. But like, that's a goal most of the time. I think mm. like, the guy absolutely rocketed that from close range. It's and... almost like the commentators, unless he does like a big full length dive, they're not interested. <laughs> Because like the so, one from McGinn, I'd have been really disappointed if they'd have let that in, to be honest. Yeah, although at the same time, yeah, they they talked that down quite a bit, and the uh, yeah, it's, true. It's Alan, Alan Smith, who was like McGinn's closed his foot, and that's kind of telegraphed where it's going. It's like, well, all right, but Henderson still has to read that from twenty <laughs> yards. You know, he has he has to have the presence of mind to read it. And yeah. again, it's not the worst shot, is it? I mean, like. like when McGinn shaped a shoot, I thought, "Ah, oh, no, this is the goal." Yeah, and Henderson's like, "No, I've I've seen that." Nice the and slowest easy. lunge ever by Lundstrom, by the way. I was laughing out loud at it. I don't know if you remember it. Like it was <laughs> yeah, just, I, sort, I do, yeah. It's sort of like knew he weren't going to get it, but he thought, "Well, I better make a, an attempt, even though I'm miles away from the board." It was just so slow. It was just like, you know, if that were on FIFA, you'd be like scripted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, I mean. 
I think the, the stats slightly mislead the balance of the game. You know, they are, Villa had 14 shots to mm. our five, but 12 of them were from set plays, which... Yeah, uh, this is the thing on well. the view from they're saying their keeper were man of the match, and I wouldn't disagree with that, but that doesn't that was because it were a, 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 an awful game to watch more than anything else, and no one else sort of shone. I think uh, Benderson probably was man of the match, uh, but he only had three saves to make, and two of them I expect him to save. Yeah, that's fair. Um, well, the other player I do want to talk about, and, and you mentioned him already, of course, is Jack Robinson coming in from his yeah. uh, his Blades debut in the league, at least. He, uh, he obviously cameoed at um, Millwall in the Cup, I believe. Yeah, and, yeah, and I'm Reading as well. Yeah, I'm at Reading as well. Yeah, uh, signed from Nottingham Forest. A slightly, a slightly curious signing at the time, really, wasn't yeah. it? Just like, oh, there's this guy that uh, Forest don't really rate that much. No, like, he couldn't get in their side, no. Yeah, um, and you know he's he's on a three-year deal, unlike Jack Rodwell, for example. So I, I expected that we would use him at some point. Whereas Rodwell uh, was obviously on the bench last night, but may never play for us. It's Have you any idea where Retsos was, by the way, or Zukovic? No, let's uh, quickly touch on that. That's slightly suspicious that they were not on the expanded bench. I'm disappointed uh, he wasn't asked about it actually after the game, uh, Wilder. Because mm. I'd love to know what what the situation is there. Because there's no Bessic neither, obviously, which we're unsure about whether he's gone back or what's happening. Yes, this is... And when you see Jack Rodwell and Leon Clark on there, you're thinking, well, you know, surely these two... You know, Leon Clark's not going to be with us next season, you wouldn't have thought, for instance. Mm, of the four players who are on loan, uh, only Henderson, who is yeah. the only one who, is, who we've publicly said we've extended the deal for, was in the team. Um, Which is so... a weird, isn't it? It really is. I wonder if we've just seen enough of them and not bothered about it or we're not interested. I really don't know. I mean, kind of uh, frustrating as it is, that's probably the most simple explanation mm. that, yeah, that we're not going to extend their contracts. It, I don't know, maybe there is. Maybe it's just we haven't got it sorted in time, but if it is, then that's a bit like, well, why not? I mean, mm. you know, Zivkovic, their season's, uh, Chinese season's completely paused, I think, or possibly even finished, whereas yeah. I don't know if um, if Retsos' parent club are like hanging on of like, mm, maybe we could have him back for a couple of games or something, but that seems... Very unlikely. And they're um, nearly finished. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they've... Uh, what is it? I think it's 18 teams. So I think there's four games to go, maybe. Yeah, so I can't see them wanting him back. It would be very surprising. So, yeah, that's that That did stick out a little bit, that those three particularly were not on the bench. I mean, and then your, your bench, it looks pretty weak, doesn't yeah, it? it did, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it did. Uh, let me just bring that up. And, very uh, championship uh, sort of style bench, I think. Yeah, uh, obviously had Leon Clark on there, bless him. Uh, Rod Well with a, a very rare appearance on mm. the bench. Uh, who else was on the there? The two Freemans. Two Freemans, Jaggy Elka, um, Ben Osman's obviously in the team. Musay yeah. uh, McGoldrick obviously got on the pitch yeah, as well. Yeah, the, the five, uh, you know, the, the two Freemans, McGoldrick, blah, 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 they've been in, in and around the squad, you know, pretty much all. So, yeah, look, Kieran Freeman's not played a Premier League game. He's been on the bench a few times, but... Yeah, like say Rodwell and Clark being on there ahead of the the three loanees is is curious. I think. Yeah. So watch this space on that one. Uh, I mean, obviously they were. I mean, this is the other thing. They were involved in the warm games. I mean, Sivkovic mm. uh, Sivkovic got a goal in, uh, yeah, in one yeah, of them. Yeah, um, we've seen footage of him training with the team and stuff. So. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's curious. Very curious. I'm, I'm and I am curious to see if they are in the team on. Uh, yeah. On Sunday, because that—I mean, just that—that that just straight up doesn't make sense to me that they're no, not on no, the bench. No. Um, but yes, anyway, the player I did want to talk about is Jack Robinson. Um, who I thought it was excellent. That is yeah. not. In some ways, you can kind of hide a centre half. I think in terms of like, 
you know, I think you you see a huge drop off at various positions. Like we obviously saw it with no with no Fleck. Yeah. Um, and and actually, you know, Osborne has deputised very well for Stevens uh, as it happens. Yeah. But but that's always a concern, and it is if like, oh, you know, if we're going to our second choice wing back, that that could be an appreciable drop off. And I think among three central defenders, you can almost get away with it. But I thought Robinson was, I would say, he was our best player. I thought he was. You know, virtually flawless. There's a couple of times he did step forward really nicely on the ball, actually. And Some good crossfield passes, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely in the first half, particularly. Um, but I thought he defended really, really well. There was, I mean, there was one that was actually um, it was offside in the end. But when Davis ran yeah. in and he he tucked in and covered, and he did that a few other times as well. So yeah, really, really good showing from him. Um, very encouraging. You know, suggests that if O'Connell is out for a stretch, then mm. he's he's going to slot in there quite nicely. And yeah, yeah, we'll really. Impre- I, I, he was the one, obviously. Who you're thinking? Oh, you know. Obviously, we've heard the reports from Forrest. It was one of the worst few times I've got from a player for a long time, actually. Hmm. Um, and you're thinking, oh, wait, this guy can't get a championship team, and he's coming into. The... But yeah, pretty much faultless. He didn't get forward as much as O'Connell, but I don't expect him to. It's such, it's such a strange sort of tactic that we're playing. I'm sure he'll grow into that if if needs be, or if we want to be a bit more attacking, you can always put Stevens in there. Who obviously gets forward more. And I thought I did wonder whether that's you know if O'Connell was out, whether I think we will have to probably do that at some point. You know, play Stevens at left centre half because if O'Connell is out for the season, it's difficult to ask Robinson to play all eight games or whatever, whatever it is, twelve games or whatever it is, in such yeah. a short period of time. So we'll see. But yeah, really encouraging start from him, definitely. In fact, the, yeah. the three games he's played, the other two are only cameos, but I were impressed with all of them. Mm. Yeah, looks uh, looks a solid Wilder signing on mm. a very limited, very Martin Crane esque. Indeed, yes. Who obviously, uh, yeah, slotted in in very similar circumstances uh, last yeah. season. So, yeah, encouraging stuff. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, <laughs> obviously not ready to declare him the uh, you know the second coming. You know, no. the, the, the guy that's going to completely displace O'Connell. Sell but... O'Connell after that performance <laughs> and like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he did. Uh, he did everything that could be asked of him very well indeed. So I thought the only per- yeah. other person really worth mentioning for me personally would probably bash him. I think him, Henderson, and Robinson are the only three who got near their levels before the mm. break. Yeah, I, I don't know if you you might have seen more in his performance than I did. I, I didn't think he was bad, but kind of kind of non-existent. We've probably talked about his well, non-existence too much. He wasn't involved as uh, as much. Not as in an attacking sense, but I thought that were difficult yeah. for him to get forward. You know, yeah. this game. That is fair. Um, interesting hair colouring. We said this. Has he dyed it? Has he just natural sun? Or... Has, he, has he always been dyeing it, and uh, and that's his natural colour? I'm not sure, but it definitely looked weird. Um, and it were hard to yeah. spot him, obviously, with the Black Lives Matter stuff on the back of the shirts, because there were a couple of tackles he made, and I'm like, oh, it's Basham, yeah, blonde Basham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was ginger, wasn't it? Really? Actually. It was. Yeah, I know. It was. It was very ginger. Yeah. It's uh, on the subject of haircuts. I mean. Grealish has somehow taken his to a, a whole new level of well, I just, absurdity. I, I mean, I'm, I, I sound a hundred year old man here, but it's just like, you're like an idiot. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just jealous because I've got no hair. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I think, it was, I think it was 20 minutes before somebody fouled Grealish. He did three amazing dives, Grealish. I, I really like him. I thought he was good again. I, I don't think he was as influential as as he has been in the past for Villa, but he is a real... How is he not in the England squad? He's, whatever you think of him, he's quite clearly, you know, one of the best English midfielders. But he did three amazing sort of, like, going down, where he always does the same thing, where he throws his arms in the air and then starts holding his shins as if he's, you know, had a massive injustice against him. <laughs> 
Classic Grealish. But right, I let's. Like uh... I think you know people hate him. I understand that. I mean, it sounds awful, but like just the way he looks makes you like. You know what I mean? He, he gets that against him just because of his haircuts and he stands out and stuff. And obviously the way he goes down. But as a player. If he's not in the next England squad, whenever that might be, then I don't know what Southgate's doing, to be honest. Yeah, I uh, I do not disagree. Let us take a quick break. We'll come back to talk about the experience of watching football again, uh, give out our alternative man of the match, and uh, look ahead to Newcastle as well. Quick break to tell you about a brand new sponsor of BlazePod. Do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch-up? Then look no further than Glistening Kicks, a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning restoration and weather treatment services for shoes sneakers and trainers glistening kicks will remove loose dirt and debris give laces shoes and midsoles a deep clean and can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections on your shoes and if you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear that can take care of that for you too whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved and much worn set of favorite trainers Glistening Kicks offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield, and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast, and reliable courier service. So wherever you are in the country, you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. I should also mention Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans. They've recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers or... If you have a Wednesday fan in your life that you think needs cheering up, which is probably all of them, to be honest, the Wednesday logo is also available. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair and give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve instead. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That's glisteningkicks.co.uk. Now back to the podcast. Okay, we're back. I want to I talk about uh, the experience of watching football again uh particularly with this game i suppose um I, I mean i guess first first place to start did you did you watch with crowd noise without crowd noise i watched without i, I wanted to watch without um I, I tried crowd noise for the city arsenal game after and it i uh, i don't know because it made it more re- it was sort of because i was doing the view for match as, as that game were on it was sort of on in the background and i mm. and the crowd noise made it feel like a normal match if you know what i mean but because there were no point in having it on because normally, like, if I'm sort of only half paying attention to a match, I, you get the crowd noise. You put your head up, don't you? To, you know, like, yeah. oh, what are they cheering for? But obviously, this is, yeah, that's all. It's all behind, you know, the play and stuff. So I listened. I listened without, and I, I thought when they first came on the pitch, it were really weird, to be honest. Mm, I. I... I mean, I want to talk. This whole section is basically like let, let's talk about how weird this was because I knew it was going to be weird, and obviously I've prepped myself by watching uh, mm. games from from other divisions. There's things like that where I just think that's a it's an old goal for want of a better word from Sky. I said like, exactly the same. I said exactly. I said, why are they doing this? Just get on. Just play it. Just no yeah, no or, need for this lineup nonsense. And you know, or have some like have. This sounds so lame. I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but. Have some music, like have some yeah. backing music. Don't don't have the stadium like echoing empty with this weird, you know, their own tannoy playing music. Like, I loved the uh, the city game uh, when they scored and it was like, and, the, and then all of a sudden the, the uh, announcer come on going, "Goal by Raheem Sterling!" <laughs> what <laughs> there, mate? What you? <laughs> it's uh, it's even better in Germany where they play um, they play music after the goal. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so... to Norwich actually to see if they play any of the, the goal music. Yeah, Bayern played. Uh, I don't know. I assume. They do this normally. They stopped playing the can can when they took the lead the other day. I went to a Bayern match about well under Atkins, so what five seasons ago, whatever. They definitely didn't play it then. <laughs> they, 
They have got their own club anthem, which is an amazing piece of music called FC Bayern uh, Forever Number One. <laughs> if you ever get the chance, well, to that. apparently they are. I think this is their eighth consecutive league title, isn't it? Or yeah, all like as uh, Talksport described it when I was uh, listening on whatever night they won the league. Uh, they said. Uh, Bayern Munich are masters of the Bundesliga. <laughs> <laughs> masters of the universe. Yeah, that's why I thought you were going to say that. I was like, what? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, so I watch with crowd noise. Uh, oh, which I, I, interesting. Yeah, I, I actually do prefer this, to, uh, as in you you won't change my mind on it. It's, I've, I've just decided this is... Mm. I, I prefer it quite significantly. Um, it's a bit weird. It's the FIFA... I think it's like taken from FIFA, isn't it? So you get... You know, somebody heads it 30 yards wide in the Villa game and you get, oh, like a huge <laughs> noise from the crowd. Or, uh, you know, Stevens crosses it into the side net and you get, yeah, oh, kind of play. <laughs> like, mm, it's pretty obvious that was going straight into the side net. So that was a yeah. bit weird. But I, I, I think it's like you almost want the sound, you almost want the commentary turned up and the sound turned down, if you like. You know, I, I want yeah. it to be like a low-level hum in the background. It is a bit distracting when you start to focus in on specific noises. Mm. Um, but it's, it's. I'd love to know the kind of, uh, you know, the algorithm behind it or the person pressing the buttons because, you know, United's fans were making more noise like late on in the game. You, know, you, didn't, you didn't hear any United chants until about 80 minutes and then yeah. it started to chip in a bit more. Did it's, you see the, uh, the Skype uh, people watching it, Villa and United fans? Yeah, I didn't like that. No, that was really weird, weren't it? That to be fair, yeah, I don't, I don't like that at all. To be honest, I'm, um, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, well, there was like a—I don't think it was live, but uh, in the city game, they obviously had a big screen. Yeah, they did. Yeah, visible yeah. behind the goal, which had the very unfortunate screenshot of um, who's Eric Garcia got absolutely totaled by Jensen oh, yeah. winning. Jeez, that looked awful. Yeah, I, I thought you were, were a comma, uh, to be honest. So it's, it, I'm not, not joking about yeah. it. I really did. I think I thought that's his boot yeah, card. Uh, exactly. I really hope he's okay. But then you got yeah. the, the bizarre screenshot of like him laid out on the floor, and there's a city fan like celebrating in the background. It's <laughs> obviously a, a pre-recorded thing of like this guy with a big smile on his face and a you know a fist pump. Never liked oh. him. <laughs> <laughs> For God's sake, yeah. So anyway, back to this game. I mean, just it, it was it was weird. And Sky, I don't think helped themselves. Obviously, the the uh, the goal line decision. Uh, just you know, threw it all out. Did you cheer for more. that? By the way, the, the the crowd noise. I didn't notice because I was too busy shouting. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't noticed. So, but then you got things like you know uh, Douglas Louise uh, trips up Lundstrom, and it, and this is a yellow card for John Lundstrom. It's I like, saw that. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Like you know, not only is well, thought, Louise like because he got he said booking John Lundstrom, then he got booked about ten minutes later, and he's off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he actually did go. Well, I was thinking, like, you know, millions of fantasy Premier League players just like just basically cacked themselves yeah. seeing that yellow card coming for well, them. Uh, we obviously got more points last night because he's listed as a defender, didn't they? So, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, like, they, they obviously, like, he got booked straight. And I, I actually, because I watched it with my dad, and I actually turned around to him and I said, uh, but maybe they changed the yellow card rules away. You know, like, you know, three yellow cards, like just. To... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Obviously, did you hear the commentator when Mings made that foul on? But well, I think it was Mings on on Moose. Yeah. And the commentator said, in normal circumstances, it'd have been booked. And we're like, what? This is we're back. Yeah. In it. Th- this sh- this should be normal circumstances. Yeah, I know. This is what <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, what, what? I thought I thought Sky didn't help themselves. They kept getting stuff wrong. Like when you know when we made all the subs, and you know, it wasn't like we changed half the team at once. We made two subs. Yeah, they, they said Berger like... and they, they, they thought Billy Sharp were on the pitch still, didn't they? 
Yeah, and, and Lundstrom had gone off, and it's mm. like, oh, and here's Lundstrom, so he's obviously still. Well, how hard is it? Like, you know, this is a game of football. Substitutions happen. Like, it's just what a, are you I doing? mean, I can only think it's the Black Lives Matter thing on the back of the shirts that confused them, but there's no excuse. I mean, no, it's funny that because he said Lundstrom's gone off, and then about a minute later, that's when they did a bad uh, pass out, and, you know, uh, Bernie fed Lundstrom in. Mm. You know, good defending, in fairness. And Villain, I'm like, I'm sure that's Lundstrom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was weird. The drinks breaks as well. I mean, yeah. which I don't think happened in the Man City game. Was I just not paying attention? I don't remember it, but I was only half watching, to be completely honest. So I, I don't know if that's a... Yeah, so I was kind of like scrolling through everybody's reaction to uh, the non-goal on my phone from mm. during most of that game. Um, but yeah, I, I, just, I don't know if that's just going to be a thing in the early games or if the temperature is above a certain thing. Because that's what they did in the, uh, the last World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah. Just, it's over a certain temperature. It could again, be the temperature. That... I never thought of that, actually. Cause I, I, ever, yeah. I'm getting texts of people saying, why, why are they doing this? I'm like, I can't really work out why they need a drink because they're playing more games. Yeah, so that, I didn't, I mean, all right, if players need a drink, fair enough, because it's hot and they've not played for ages, but yeah. I didn't I didn't like that as a spectacle, just no. in terms of like, it's more, you know, this game's already rubbish. Like, yeah. And now, yeah, I think there was one in the second half where it was, and we were waiting to make a substitution, weren't we? And we waited for like five minutes, and like, you know, we're just killing mm, time yeah. here. Like, we're just wasting yeah, five minutes. Yeah, I went minutes. to the toilet and I came back down, actually. I'm like, still no subs? No, no, just waiting. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't a fan of that. I didn't like Sky messing it up constantly. And a lot of injuries. I was really surprised. Obviously, we, you know, as we said, the Arsenal one was yeah. even worse. But I, I said Bundesliga have had more injuries than normal. But, I mean, this like that last 10 minutes or so, you've got players going down with cramp. Magoljic comes on, gets injured immediately. Yeah. Uh, f- five minutes later, he does it again. and. <laughs> Classic McGoldrick, like, like, that. Like, I mean, I'm yeah. rubbing it each days rather than here, but... Um, so, it was... I mean, it, it just it just contributed to an awful uh, amateurish, amateur-ish spectacle mm. um, for the resumption of the, you know, purported biggest league in the world kind of thing. Yeah, um, added, obviously added with the, the ridiculous goal thing as well, and it all looked a bit Sunday league-ish in a way, didn't it? But I, I have to admit, I, I think... After about 25 minutes, I, I probably after the goal or whatever, whenever that was with the goal, it never was. I'd sort of forgot about it, to be honest, because yeah. some, often when you're watching it on TV anyway and you, what, you're talking, whoever you're watching it with and stuff like that, I did sort of forget that there were no crowd or anything like that and it did seem more like a normal game. I think I, the first couple of games I am going to watch with no crowd noise just because I want to see you know, how it sounds and to, to the players and things like that. But I think after that, I will be going to... I mean, I'm hopefully we're going to like watch it with a couple of mates outside and stuff, weather being better, you know. But, yeah, it, it was strange, but it wasn't as weird as I thought after about 25 minutes or so. Yeah, I think if the game had been better, we would have... Possibly. Had, we wouldn't have drilled into so many of these things quite so much, I don't think. Um, but it wasn't, so we did. Um, the the build-up... Uh, for me, anyway, a little bit of like a pre-international tournament feeling of like, yeah, you know, check, checking for team news and like, oh, you know, you're seeing people saying like, oh, you know, finish work at four or whatever, and when is it too early to start on the beers and that kind of thing, and you yeah, know, obviously, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it actually was quite nice weather here yesterday for at least a period of it, so mm-hmm. that, that kind of contributed as well. So that was that was kind of nice, I think, um, you know, very much a, a World Cup feel, and then you got people. You know, panicking over all these rumors and stuff, and you know, rumors coming out, and um, yeah, it was uh, it, it, it 
it was probably a bigger build-up than the game actually deserved in yeah, a way. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it, no surprise that the game was as poor as it was with all the circumstances surrounding it, I think. But yeah, I, I did enjoy the build-up to it. And like I say, it was more like an international tournament than a... And I think this is what it's going to be like, to be honest. It, already, like, you know, I'm thinking, who's, who's the games today? Like, obviously, it's none today, but, you know, from Friday onwards, you think... It's weird, isn't it? You're like, oh, it's Norwich today. <laughs> yeah, I know, I had that. <laughs> said that to they, they advertised Norwich Silence. I was like, yeah, it's football, football, just bring it yeah, on. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, and I was like, are you really gonna watch Norwich Silence? Like, well, we did a quiz on Saturday night, and we're like, I'm like, we're still doing the quiz. It's Palace Bournemouth <laughs> <laughs> live on the BBC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna watch every blooming game. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, what else am I gonna do? Watch a, I don't know, a repeat of something else. I've been watching old baseball games for God's sake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bring it on. I mean, I mean um, I'll miss a few. Obviously, we work and stuff because some of the kickoff times are when I'll be working because they're quite early, aren't they? Like six o'clock mm-hmm. and stuff, five or six and stuff. But yeah, if there's a game on and I'm I'm available, I'll be watching. I've got nothing else to do. So yeah, indeed, bring back the routine of having sport. Yeah. I'm watching the uh, League Two playoffs tonight. Yeah. It. What time's kickoff for that? Is it six and eight again? Uh, no, oh, uh, I believe it's five fifteen and seven forty-five, something like that. As an, as an I'll early get the second game. one. I'll miss the first one, but I'll get the second one. But let's go uh, League Two football in front of empty stadiums. Yeah. That's what we've been reduced to. But yep. uh, I, I'm not judging anyone who watches it because I'm going to do it myself. Right, let's uh, let's give out a return. Football's back, and so is the alternative Man of the Match award brought to you by the Dem Blades Fanzine, sponsor of this podcast. Um, I'm going to go first here because we've kind of touched on it already. I want to nominate Chris Wilder for uh, speaking up about the team news leaks. These sneaky people that are uh, attention-seeking by putting out their um, team news ahead of time. And, you know, I I thought this was quite fascinating, really, Mm. what he said about this, is that... Uh, and this is this is what he said. He said, we are not a football team that can pick a side 15 minutes before the game. We have to plan and work on things days in advance. And it's obviously, I'm paraphrasing now, but he obviously, is, his point is that it is a big advantage to opposition to know yep. what we're going to do. We can't just rock up at two o'clock and be like, right, this is the team we're going to pick today. You'll know what you're doing, get out there. And, and even more so when we're suddenly missing two of our key players that we'd obviously prepared yeah. to uh, to have in the team. So, yeah, we, we need those marginal gains. I thought, you know, he's, he, he literally said, you know, whichever United fan put that out there, you've not helped your team today. And, uh, yeah, stop it. You kind of said it I earlier, remember Tony Kulis saying something very similar about, well, it must be six, seven, eight, maybe ten seasons ago when he was Stoke manager in the Premier League, saying very, very similar things of they had a, a leaker. And he was saying, like, look, we're, we're Stoke City. We're not Arsenal. We... We, the reason we in that in those days were as successful as they were is due to the tactics and stuff like that. They they don't want the other. T- I mean, everyone knows what our first eleven is going to be pretty much if there's no injuries. The fact that there were two key injuries, there's no way Dean Smith didn't know that. In fact, me and you knew it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Like thirty hours in advance, something yeah. like that. Yeah. For sure. Um, so I thought uh, I thought that was interesting for him to say that, but completely justified. Um, you know, he's, he's never he's never short of speaking up against his own fans, Wilder, is he? But that is like it is true. Like, is it actually? And, and I do find team news rumors slightly bizarre, anyway, because it's kind of like, why don't you just wait to see what the team is? Like, why are we like agonizing over you know who's going to be playing? Like, does not yeah. really make any difference? I don't like, know. It's got to be sort of attention seeking. I think. Look at me. I know the team. Told you. You know. But it doesn't help anyone, and no one's looking at you thinking, "Oh, thanks for that. Thanks for telling me flex out." Or, or you know what I mean? It's 
Nobody, nobody wants to know. Nobody wants to know. Um, it, I, I just don't see if if now the managers had to come out and say stop doing it, stop doing it. In my opinion. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, that's my uh, that's my nominee for this week, Chris Wilder, for that specific comment. How about yourself? I've gone for the Norwich City fans. We've talked about it a couple of times actually uh, in this pod. But I will get like I said earlier. I'm going to do a view from uh, from the neutral view, which I normally do when we're on TV. But every match is going to be on TV, aren't it? So, <laughs> it's like it's not, I've been I've been really busy. But uh, I'll look into what neutral fans were saying about the game and the incidents and stuff. And uh, Norwich fans are just they've gone straight back into the we are better than you mode, and it really cheered me up because. I just thought God, things could be worse. There's just a couple of quotes here. Uh, Sheffield United will get rinsed if they get in the Champions League. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, well. We're not <laughs> Sheffield United are awful to watch. They are very overrated. They've been very lucky with injuries this season to install confidence with a settled team. What's the difference between us and them on Friday night? In fact, we'll play far better football than both these two combined. Which I don't even know. Wow. I don't even know how it works. Like playing it's 22 be- players. Yeah, they're going to play. Team. I mean, this is bottom of the league. Norwich have won like five games all season. Uh, yeah. The lowest, lowest scorers in the Premier League, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the only reason they've got their defensive record is because they have the best, one of the best keepers in the league. They wouldn't have got promoted last season without him, and they'd have been in the relegation battle this season without him. For all the talk of Wilder's great tactics, it is only the generosity of Man United that has put them where they are. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, and then the last one. True. Sheffield United, the latest championship side, who comes up with a cunning set of tactics like Swansea and Stoke. They'll have some good ties, and sides will work them out and unlock them, and it's going to start to unravel. And it's just bitterness. It's just pure... And, and, and in fairness, I have to sort of caveat this with... There are a fair few Norwich fans on that forum as well saying you just we all just sound ridiculous. What you we just sound like we're green eyed, you know, completely yeah. bitter about the fact that this team who came up with us is so much better than us. But you know, people live in this in, in you know, live in these heads that they're somehow <laughs> miles better than us, even though we're about whatever thirty points in front of them. It was a poor game, but anyone writing United off on that game or even Villa or anyone who plays in these first games is just an idiot in my opinion, because there's so many you know, there's so many different reasons to why teams could play poorly in these opening games. Yeah, and uh, we'll probably see uh, a lot more of that for sure. You give you give me another reason to watch Norwich Southampton on Friday, so uh, I appreciate. Well, that. if you're going to play, better, you know, watch the difference. I just love that one. I love that one in particular. That watch the difference on Friday, and I'm like, well, just check. Like, oh, you are bottom, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are twenty. Three points ahead of we have more than double your points total as yeah. it excuse me yeah twenty three points yeah we got forty four yeah uh, just I mean that's that says it all doesn't it yeah. it's not like we have six points and they have three <laughs> yeah. Know? And they've obviously anyway. been like this all season, some of them, but, you know, but I, I, they always make me laugh. They're, they're second to Wednesday on my list of go-to guys uh, for a laugh <laughs> on the internet forums. That's good. I like that. I like that. I'm, I'm probably going to have to go with uh, with Chris Wilder, I, I think. think that's fair. Uh, yeah, Wilder above Norwich. <laughs> yeah, all, all Norwich fans on the internet. Um, so, yes, Chris Wilder is the Den Blades alternative man of the match for this week. Uh, don't forget to check out the Denblades fanzine at denblades.co.uk for a whole host of amazing articles, features, and artwork produced by Blades for Blades. So yeah, check that out. At They've even got an imposter now. Denblades. That's how good this this fanzine is. The, the, and this is, I think this is part of the mad World Cup style build up beforehand. Yeah, do you want to do you want to just explain that for anyone who's no idea what we're talking about? Uh, someone has pretended to be a character that was created in the Denblades fanzine, 
and he's putting things out like, yeah, I work for Den Blades and I know the team and pretending he's got inside info. Just to come, just completely making it up, just completely pretending he's part of the the Den Blades team. That that you know you've made it. I want a, someone to copy me. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's fair play to uh, Sam and uh, yeah, the guys at Den Blades. I mean, yeah, this this fellow is. Uh... He was saying the club's media team gives him information, which I'm, I'm reliably informed is, is not the case in reality. <laughs> he put a video um, up of a, a, the video before uh, before the before the I can't remember when it was the Friday the, the day before the game or whatever, and he said, "Take a look at this video that I was involved in." <laughs> <That's> brilliant! <laughs> oh, for God's sake! Um, yeah, one of those rumors that he put out there was that uh, McBurney had shown up drunk at training mm. and was uh, going to be out of the team, um, and McBurney. Very quickly put him right on Twitter with a, some excellent GIF usage. So good, uh, like if good you're work by. Impersonate him. someone. No offense to Den Blades, but you know, impersonate. I don't know the Queen or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yes, why you impersonate a Sheffield United fan team. <laughs> I should have get him no. to like a man of the match. Actually, anyway, <laughs> that's true. Yes, yeah, a late contender. Right. Uh, just before we get to Newcastle, um, I, I just wanted to quickly talk about a few players that we're looking forward to seeing again that do not play for the Blades but just a general kind of appreciation that football's back and maybe a few players that sort of kind of forgot about really because they don't play for United so you don't really think about them that often so yeah I just set you a a little challenge of Mm. five players you're looking forward to seeing I mean I I would have had uh, David Luiz on this list I think but he's it was on my contenders list actually before last night and then he sort of uh, I thought I don't want people to think I've just jumped on the bandwagon yeah, David Luiz is like, right, that first game was rubbish. This game is nothing really happening in this one. I've come on as a sub. It's time to make me hell. Yeah. <laughs> and so he did. Um, oh, and by the way, on that note, his red card, uh, because it was received in the Premier League, it means he's not suspended for our FA Cup tie. So we yeah. may well see him at Bramall Lane, which is good news all around. But yeah, who's, uh, who have you got on your list of players that you're looking forward to seeing? Should I give my, should I give my full five in a, in a row? Yeah, go for it. I've got David Brooks. Because I think it's going to be really interesting to see how he comes back. Uh, I think he's fit. Um, obviously, he made a massive splash didn't he, in his first season in the Prem. We know how good he is. He, I don't think we quite saw the best of him with the glandular fever and everything like that. But really interested to see how he comes back. Uh, I've got Fernandez at Man United. I think he made a really good start. Yeah, um, ridiculous. I think he's like a goal or an assist in every game bar his debut so far. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if he's the real deal and he can push Man United onto that next level because we've seen it before, haven't we, with these sort of players with Man United, but they have a couple of good games and then they just sort of die out. Man United, again, Phil Jones, very different reasons. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's always a laugh at Phil Jones. Um, and I hope he gets a few games just to see Mark Goldbridge's outrages at him because he, he seems to absolutely <laughs> hate him. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Danny Rose, I don't know if you've seen this picture of Danny Rose. Yeah, and you might have sent him me. Actually, someone yeah. said he looks like he's he's eating Steve Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's if these unless like it's a Photoshop or something, I don't know. But he looks huge, so I'm looking forward to seeing him on Sunday to see if he's as mm. big as like uh, he seems on this photo. And staying on the Newcastle theme is the goalkeeper. I'm not going to try and pronounce what's his name. Dubravka. That's the man. It's definitely yeah. not blurred there. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, because can he keep saving Newcastle? He's made 117 saves this season, which is highest in the league. And the next highest mm. before last night were 104, which were Lino at Arsenal. That's a massive mm. jump, like of, yeah, of saves. That's you know, it's it, it's a ridiculous amount compared to what what normal seasons are. And he, you know, mm. he's been fantastic, hasn't he? For Newcastle, he's got to be the best goalkeeper in the league this season, I think. Uh, I would say he deserves to be in the team of the season. Yeah. 
just because they, they, they've had shot after shot after shot against him. I'm just interested to see if it was a a bit of a fluke run that he went on, where everything he you know everything that went on him he saved, or if he's actually an amazing goaler. Sure that good, yeah, interesting to see. Um, yeah, on the Danny Rose possible trick of the camera thing, uh, there was a bit of buzz about from some United fans that. Uh, Musa was looking super lean mm. in some photos before, and it looked basically the same. Am I? I thought it looked a bit thinner. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't think it was mm. a huge. You know, I think. I mean, KFC's been shot, hasn't it? So he's uh, <laughs> he's not been able to uh, get his normal meals and stuff. I thought. Uh, I did think that Bernie looked a lot um, leaner. Mm. I don't want to say skinnier because he can't get much skinnier. I don't no. think. But you know, I don't know if he just had a particularly tight trim of the beard or something but... yeah he did like he did yeah uh, I saw by the way did you see Bernie when the teams were lining up he was laughing his head off <laughs> no I didn't know <laughs> that, yeah he found it hilarious I think like there's just the, the bizarreness of the situation mm. yeah I hope that, I hope that's kind of out of our system now and we're a bit more focused in mm. the next game because yeah. yeah I did, did feel I mean it's easy to say it now but I did feel like right at kickoff was like just like the way we were kind of just stood there didn't look right in a way I don't know mm. it's a very very small thing um, my players I'm looking forward to seeing um Marcus Rashford, yeah, I was I, actually yeah. considered nominating him for alternative man match this week, but that felt a bit um, uh, what's the word? Virtual signaling. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They're diminishing his achievement with a silly award. That's to be fair honest. play. Um, but I'm, I'm looking for you know, regardless of what he's done off the field in the last couple of months, which is fantastic, by the way. Yeah, uh, you know, all the charitable work that he's done and upsetting you know, Katie Hopkins is enough for me he's a... <laughs> is, yeah and uh, convincing people to uh, retweet a fake account uh, yeah telling Katie Hopkins to F off yeah unfortunately <laughs> Um, that's probably the first and last time that she'll be mentioned on this let's podcast. At least, so, yeah. let's hope so. Yeah. Six um, over his chairman, woman. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm not maybe man. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Rashford's been phenomenal for uh, for Manu this season. Kind of gone under the radar a little bit, I think, just because of the drama that's gone on with that club. But he has been kind of quietly a very effective scorer and creator. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, it, it narratively feels like it's set up for him to have a phenomenal end to the season uh, on the yeah pitch, so. I, I think Man United might get that Champions League spot to be honest with that run in that we talked yeah. about last week uh, it will be yeah uh, I think I said that I, I kind of fancied them to sneak in there but yeah. I definitely think they will finish in the top five for sure um, yeah I agree sli- yeah. slightly more left field uh, Ishmael Assar of Watford who I don't know if you remember this uh, Watford actually beat Liverpool um, before the lockdown yeah uh, and Saar ran them ragged and I think yeah. of all the teams at the bottom, Watford are the one that I dislike the least, or rather, have, you know, kind of, kind of have no real feelings yeah, towards yeah, either yeah. way, to be honest. So I kind of like. I Watford saw him to actually up. get included in the worst team of the season. Um, which, were, to be fair, this were this were made in December. This uh, team oh, of the season, uh, but yeah, he, he was fantastic in that game. He's obviously got a massive amount of talent, hasn't he? Yeah, so I'm, I'm really. I mean, yeah, I'll be it'll be one I I watch Watford for to see how he gets on and if he. Uh, if he's going to be the man to fire him to safety, I yeah. suppose. A uh, more obvious choice, uh, Hillman Son of Spurs, obviously uh, was out injured pre-lockdown, mm. but now should be back. Always one of my favourite players yeah. to watch. I just th- think he's magnificent. To the extent where I'm kind of surprised he still plays for Spurs, I thought mm. a couple of seasons ago, Liverpool or City would have swooped right in there and, and yeah. nicked him because I, I think he's a fantastic player. I love watching him. Similar note, Adama Traore. Obviously, Wolves are going for Champions League themselves. Uh, don't have the Europa League to worry about until the end of the season, it looks like. So, are we going to see uh, fit and firing Traore unleashed on some unfit defenders? That could be uh, yeah. That could be great viewing. 
Uh, and then lastly, a great shout by you with Brooks, actually, but um, I'm going to for another ex-player, Calvert-Lewin, who's, uh, mm. yeah, kind of, um, again, a little bit under the radar, but has been phenomenal for Everton this season. Like, really, really good strike. You know, proper a proper target man, which I didn't expect to do. He's got one of the highest, like, aerial dual win rates in the league. He's obviously yeah. getting into goal-scoring positions much better than he used to and, and finishing fantastically as well. And he's another one where I'd be astonished if he's not in the next England squad whenever it comes about. Who so, knows? I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm on a one. I, anyway, it's easy to just like the England manager off, but there's a lot of weird decisions going on uh, from Southgate in these past sort of squads. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's one I'm interested from a Blades perspective mm. to see if uh, see if he carries that on. Obviously, he's going to play uh, against us. In fact, all of those apart from Saar of Watford, who we've played twice, all of them we'll see in action against United. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, there's there's my five. Let's let's talk about Newcastle now, which is the game on Sunday. Uh, obviously, this was supposed to be the game um, that we played next, if you like, uh, before the lockdown. Um, I guess we probably need to win this game if we're going to have realistic Champions League aspirations, you'd think, unless there's yeah. some other funky results. I mean, all right, we're only four points behind Chelsea, um, one point behind Man United, assuming it goes to fifth place on the Champions League. But, yeah, Newcastle, um, I think I think the break came at a bad time for them, to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with that, actually. Yeah, because they've, they've been pretty awful, aren't they? I mean, everything's... We've talked about it all the way through the season, aren't we, that... All the statistics suggest that they should be very much in a relegation battle, and and they're pretty much safe, aren't they? Yeah, they've got forty-one points. Excuse me, thirty-five points at the moment. Um, yeah, I think I think one more win, three more points, will yeah. keep them up. Um, most models have them as the worst team in the Premier League um, by quite a distance. You know, they've like the least amount of shots, just least amount of uh, the joint lowest scorers with with uh, with Norwich. Um, they have the worst xG by a distance the fourth worst XG against. Um, and yeah, they, they kind of, you're right, they've been pretty much awful all season. They kind of just started to get a bit of feel-good factor going on before the break. You know, they they got to the FA Cup quarter-final with, um, all right, they only beat uh, Oxford and West, oh, well, West Brom are a good team, but you know, it's not like they knocked out Chelsea or something like yeah, that, is yeah. it? Um, and then they got the they got the stuff with the takeover supposed to be happening as well. And, yeah, that's that's all kind of gone on hold now, and you know they, they won that last game as well before the lockdown. But you know they were playing ten men against South, uh, playing ten man Southampton. So yeah, I, I think it came at a bad time for them to be honest. So interesting to see if any of that feel good factor is completely. It's going to be interesting, obviously, the no crowd things as well. I, I can't work Newcastle out as a. I can't work out mm. if they're just absolutely rubbish or they sort of flatter to deceive because of the expectations. I really, really can't work that out I, because you'd have thought. With, with the 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 Newcastle fans can be absolutely fantastic, and it's fifty thousand or whatever. Is that going to go against them, or is it going to go farther? They're they're one of the few teams where I think I can't work out whether it's going in the favour or not. Hmm. Um. I, I and I also do wonder with the with the 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 sort of like the the fact this takeover has been delayed as well. I mean, Bruce was like, I mean, he was literally welcoming the new owners at one point about yeah. three weeks ago. Um, you know, Mike Ashley has, uh, has furloughed most of the staff. Um, I, I, I imagine with a view to leaving it to the new guys. To be honest, fans are yeah. fans are still waiting. I for don't think they've done the refunds tickets. or anything, have they? Yeah, they sorry, yes, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, they're one of the few teams, possibly the only team that have not done that yet. Um, you see, when's so refund they, one of their options? Um, is it you get a new Premier League season ticket or something? <laughs> no, it's, it's even worse. What, uh, one of the options is uh, why not not take your uh, refund and just donate it to the club? 
<laughs> I mean, at least they're not that? dressing it up, I suppose. Yeah, it's just like, why not make a do- is it, they have the, they've like done it, it's like, why not make a donation to the club? You oh, know, you're God. like, oh my God. <laughs> Chan Siri, master businessman. Because obviously they've, they've given so much to cheer about in the last couple of seasons that everyone's going to be wanting to donate, aren't they? So Definitely deserve it. Well, yeah, how you know how big a Wednesday fan are you, really? Yeah, yeah I, think, I do think they play on that quite a bit, obviously, with this five-year season ticket stuff, and people buy it, so, you know. Yeah. Knows his audience clearly. Um, obviously, I mean, you mentioned Dubravka is is probably their most important player. Um, Shelby, obviously, I think it can be really good. I think Shelby's sort of. I don't know. This might sound like I'm being disparaging, but Shelby's sort of what I expect a Berg, Berger to be in a way. So I mean, yeah, it's too early. So I'm not writing him off by any stretch of the imagination. Shout out to somebody, by the way, on Facebook who said that. Um, Burger is worse than an actual burger, which I just I found <laughs> so childishly brilliant. That... <laughs> oh dear, he, uh, you know, we we shouldn't beat about the bush. He was not good yesterday. Um, although, yeah, mitigating circumstances, and neither was almost everybody else. So, yeah. Um, yeah. What were we talking about? Uh, yeah, Shelby is indeed a good player. Sam Maximan is, of course, there. Yeah. Most dangerous attacking player. Uh, he scored, I believe, he scored the winner in the previous game. We have to sort uh, that ball out over the top when he's flying around. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, uh, he had a hamstring problem before the lockdown, which obviously you would imagine he's going to be recovered from. Uh, I guess another thing with Newcastle, they've got uh, it's, it's Matty Longstaff, isn't it? I think it's only the B Tech Longstaff, as the, again Mark Goldbridge calls him. What? Yeah, that's what he calls him. But they scored against him because it's not even the real one. It's the B Tech version. It's the B Tech <laughs> long stuff. <laughs> Fantastic. But he's um, he's out of contract at the end of this. Yeah, summer. I did see this. I think my oh, Man United interested. Uh, I don't know. If he, I think it's Udinese is what I've seen him linked to. Weirdly, I don't know if that means he's because they own Watford, don't they? If it just be loaned to Watford yeah. next season immediately. Yeah. But um, but that, again, that just speaks of like this club is a wreck. Like. You know, yeah. they're, they're bad on and off the pitch. It's a miracle they're going to stay up. I mean, you know, we'll obviously, at the end of the season, we'll obviously return to our pre season predictions. And yeah. I had Newcastle as like a certainty to go down. And yeah. even though I'm going to be wrong, I'm still standing by that prediction. Uh, it's, it's not a bad prediction, is it? I think, I've, I, think I had the same. I, I don't think, I think yeah, anyone who's got Newcastle to go down could find themselves very unlucky this season, to be honest. They're, they've not yeah. done that bet or whatever. Yeah, I think the other thing to say, we owe these, don't we? Oh, After yeah. the game at Bromwell Lane, yeah. which was... I'm hoping before... this is going to be their first match, isn't it? Mm, I think that's very significant from what we saw yesterday. I hope yeah, I think... that that goes in our favour in a big way. I, hope it, I mean, obviously, that you it could argue be. that we might be a bit more tired because we've just played, but I'm hoping we've just got up to speed a little bit more because that, obviously, it's going to be really weird for their fans and you know watching it because we know how weird it is. So the players, it's going to be really strange. Yeah. I hope that is a big advantage for us, to be honest. And you know, if you get if Fleck comes back as well uh, as as Wilder said he expected him to, he's trained at full tilt. It's just a fitness test. O'Connell, I don't know. It's slightly worrying noises about O'Connell. I mean, ueah, Wilder says uh, we have a decision to make, and he isn't out for the season just yet, yeah. which which suggests uh, it probably comes down to: do we want to risk damaging him for the long term, or do we just basically shut him down for the season? It's uh, interesting, it isn't it? It's, it depends on it. It's uh, you don't want to lose him next season, do you? Wherever that may be, or whatever. It's, it's a, it really is tough because of obviously you know what the state of play in terms of the the you know what's going to happen next season and stuff. Is the season yeah. going to carry straight on? Nobody really knows what's happening. So yeah, I if it comes down to to that, like we can get him for I don't know six of these ten games or whatever, or 
uh, and you risk him suffering a really serious injury, then I would not play him. I think yeah, that would be my right right now. You know, obviously we don't know if we're going to be within shout of a yeah. Champions League spot, but right now I would just say like, no, we're not going to risk that. We'll play him in we'll FA Cup games. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there we go. It was uh, football's back in uh, in belated fashion, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, a game that was definitely not worth the wait for United. But you know, I, I like not losing more than I like losing. So I can't I can't pretend I was hugely disappointed at the end of a game where we basically offered nothing but still managed to Wait. not lose. So I'm a one realize. Well, yeah, there's that as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've we've talked for uh, an hour and a half though. So I'm interested if the Premier League have come out with anything as we've been talking. I've got Sky Sports on now, and Danny Mills has been on for like since we've started talking. Uh, Unlucky when I was watching that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah indeed. I mean, do you, this is—it's just going to get hand waved away. Surely, there's going to be. Do, do I think it'll just switch under the. Pot, yeah, I think they'll talk about it for a day, and that'll be it. I think once, obviously, the foot. They'll be—they'll be looking that you know every other club's going to have their team playing soon, and they're not going to be bothered about a ghost goal for United. Mm, yes, and and in some ways, fortunate it's happened. In I mean, if that's the last game of the season, and that actually does affect who goes up and who goes down, then. I think they I mean, could, like I said earlier, I think, they, I think there could be legal cases against Hawkeye from relegated teams. Yeah. I, I, I saw, think, um, I, I think it was dead bat, actually. I might be wrong. It might have been Tufty Club, the, 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 the thing he said, we need to get McKay back on loan. <laughs> oh, for the court case. Yeah, for the court case, yeah. <laughs> Outstanding shout. I love that, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, my hunch is they'll just be like, well, you know, there was nine other games, like, it doesn't make that much of a difference. You had a chance to overcome it or whatever, but... I don't agree with that. Not fair um, on the fans. <laughs> oh dear me! I mean, yeah. as you uh, as you did point out to me, imagine if that uh, non-goal ends up relegating West Ham. Well, as I was doing fight. my rounds on the board, West Ham fans saying, oh, "I could happen to a nicer team," and one of them put, "You do realise that could relegate us, don't you?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's always good to end on a silver lining. Uh, <laughs> where where can people check out the uh, the view from Villa, mate? Uh, com or at Panchero on Twitter. I'll probably do Newcastle view from... I imagine I might have that out tomorrow because uh, it gives me a Saturday to watch the, the, the football. <laughs> the feast of football. Are you going to watch all four games? I haven't got BT, so I, probably, I can't watch the two on BT, but obviously there's Championship as well, isn't there? So I might watch uh, yeah. Gillette Soccer Saturday back, listen to... Lots of shouts and oohs and ohs. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I, I'm. You know, uh, rubbish as the game was and frustrating as the non-decision is, very grateful to have football back. And uh, yep. yeah, the good thing about playing rubbish is there's another game in a few days. So um, let's uh, let's hope we play a lot better and indeed have good news about Fleck and O'Connell yeah. to follow in the uh, in the coming days, I suppose. Right, mate. Let us finish there. Thank you as always for your time, Thanks. and uh, I will uh, talk to you later. Yep, cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks very much to you for listening and downloading. And finally, thank you also to Beer52, sponsor of this podcast. A reminder, Beer52 are offering a free case of their hand-picked beers to BlazePod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash BlazePod, sign up and cover just the $4.95 for postage. They will deliver a case of eight free beers direct to your door, meaning you barely need to leave the sofa to sip delicious craft beer from around the world. 
And these aren't just any beers. Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries that are out there and deliver it straight to your door. They do not hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today, get your free case of craft beer. You get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the words beer and the numbers 52.com slash bladespod. Thank you once again for listening. We will be back after the Newcastle game. Have a good weekend. <laughs>